Hi, I'm Carl, and welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, James Kernan. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great, Carl. Good to be with you. Great. So it is middle of March. You've got some stuff coming up, one soon and one, I guess, two weeks from now and then two weeks after that, eh? Yep, yep, coming up quickly. So tell, tell us about you have a millionaire mastermind, which you've been doing for a long time. Yep, yep. Um, so this is our uh, the quarterly sales and marketing workshop. Uh, we call that the Millionaire Mastermind event, and that's coming up uh, March 28th and 29th down in Orlando, Florida. All right. So do you know what the temperature is supposed to be? It's supposed to be in the 70s, mid-70s, and I'm very much looking forward to that. <laughs> That's right. You're in you're in frosty land, so yeah. All right, and then coming up in April. April, uh, we've got SMB Tech Fest coming up April 18th in in Orange County. So in California. Very cool. So it's always good to see you uh, down there at the old Tech Fest. So that that'll be fun. Cool. Well, uh, so so what's what's the Orlando event? So you said it's quarterly. So do I have to be a millionaire to get in? No, so good, good question. So we run, we run sales and marketing accountability and peer groups. And each quarter we have picked fun cities, fun locations to host events. And we do have uh, member exercises and workshops, but we also invite guests and we allow uh, certain people to attend as well. So we've got some strategic partners, but it's two full days of, of content. So uh, have some strategic partners coming in uh, uh, Great America Leasing is going to be there. Uh, Webroot is going to be there as well, as long as also CoreCat uh, Data Systems. And we've got uh, some other speakers. Primarily, all the workshops are all uh, sales and marketing related. So we've got several sessions on uh, lead development using social media. Uh, I'm doing a, a culture presentation on, on uh, what a successful culture needs to look like uh, to grow your, your sales and uh, also some other, other marketing exercises. Well, as Peter Drucker says, culture eats strategy for breakfast, so. Exactly. <laughs> so speaking of culture, uh, you today said, uh, I, you wanna talk about the 10 best practices for a successful sales organization. Yes. So let's, so I don't know that we can get all that done in 30 minutes, but let's see if we can give it a shot. Well, I'll go through it quickly. I, I, um, so my focus, Carl, as you know, I've been a business consultant and business coach for the past 12 years. And most organizations will hire someone like me to come in and do an assessment on their business, primarily really looking at, uh, I like looking at the big picture and how all of the, the company really operates around sales and marketing and, and can we build out a, a sales and marketing team and what that looks like. So um, uh, what the, the first thing that I basically will do is I'll come in, um, meet with someone and I look, I go through these 10 steps and I'm going to walk through these 10 steps quickly with you. But the first one's really uh, the sales plan. It's the sales plan and strategy. And most instances, you know, most instances I, I walk into a business and people don't have a business plan. So I don't think that they'll have a written sales plan and strategy and certainly one that the whole team will understand. Right. Uh, that's one of the first things that I try to do is, is develop that, uh, that sales strategy. What's our approach? Who's our strategic partners? Uh, you know, is, are they a big Cisco shop or Hewlett Packard shop uh, or Microsoft shop or Apple shop? 
um, you know, that, that can uh, change things. And then, um, and then also, you know, want to make sure that the, uh, the approach is understood by the team and that they also have a target list. So that, that's what I call the sales plan. Okay. So uh, when you say team, is, you mean the sales team or the entire company? Yeah, great point. So it's, it's really the sales team. Um, <clears throat> you know, in, in many instances, it's just the business owner. And then they might have a, an admin assistant, but that's really the sales team or might be a lead engineer. Uh, but in many instances, when people are in growth mindset, you know, they'll start hiring salespeople. And uh, one thing that we, we've all seen time and time again is, you know, without a plan, it, people really struggle and they might hire one or two salespeople and then they'll fail. And they'll go, well, gosh, this guy was really successful over here. I don't know why they failed in my company. And, and most of the reasons is because they don't go through these 10 steps that I'll share with you. But most specifically, the, they don't have a plan. Right. All right. So that was number one. Okay. What's number, two? number two is really setting goals and KPIs. So for me, I want to make sure that they have the, the goals are clearly defined and that they understand every day what's expected of them every week, every month, every quarter. And again, it's one of the things when I'll interview uh, sales members or sales managers at offices, it, this is always fuzzy. You know, most people Aren't, they don't make it very crystal clear of, of what their goals really are. And when I talk about goals and simple things that you need to be measuring for the team and then also per individual is how much revenue per month, how much gross profit per month, you know, things like MRR per month, um, total uh, new accounts, one number of calls like activities, number of calls, number of meetings, number of proposals. And typically you're going to want to have like some type of dashboard or some type of automated reporting setup to make this transparent. You want to, if anything, make it um, those, those goals and KPIs kind of a friendly competition, if you will, right. comparing. Well, it seems like a lot of stuff to keep track of all the stuff you, you just listed. Well, um, so tracks that the sales manager. Yeah, typically the sales manager or the business owner, you know, and if there's just one thing that I want to track, uh, to me, the most important part is what's the gross profit each one of your sales reps are producing. So if, if, if there's only one thing that you can track, that's what I would keep my eye on. But there's other important things like your monthly recurring revenue, gross revenue, and then in order to motivate and monitor these sales reps, uh, they're they're really the financial numbers. You really need to keep an eye on the activities as well. And, um, you know, without the activities, you're rarely are you going to get the results that you're looking out for. So the simple activities are the number of calls, the number of meetings, number of proposals, uh, things like that. All right. Number three. Number three is, and this is more of a marketing thing, but kind of in should be part of your sales plan but I want to make sure that they've got a good, unique selling proposition. Okay. And does your sales team, are they trained and do they understand of how they're different or better than the competition from the customer's perspective? Okay. That's really, really important. And uh, again, I think of dozens of examples where I'll ask that question to either the business owner or the sales reps, and then they put their tail between their legs and out and well you know I don't really have a good one and it's like well we got to develop that because if you if you're not fired up and you're not looking that prospect directly in the eye 
and you're excited and enthusiastic about your company and what you're offering, you're, you're not going to talk the prospect into anything, right? <laughs> and it seems to me like it is very difficult to have a USP uh, because, I mean, we, we all sell BDR. We all sell Office 365. You know, like we all do managed services. So, you know, realistically, what kind of a unique selling position could you have? Um, you know, what your, what your differentiator is, it, you know, it could be certifications, it could be training, um, you know, it could be unique partnerships in a key geography. Um, but in most cases, Carl, it, uh, you, you really don't have a great one and you just have to kind of develop it and you have to work on that together um, with your team. And like when I bought that first business I was involved with when I was in San Diego, that company called Networks Plus, I remember we had three employees and we really weren't different than anybody else. And I had some unique skill sets on the team, but I had, to, I had to go with kind of a basic USP in the beginning, but I believed in where we were going as a company and it developed into a really good one where we're very strong with Microsoft and very strong with Dell. And, uh, you know, we had more certified engineers or technicians than anyone else in our area. Uh, and that allowed us to, um, you know, use and leverage that expertise uh, to get business. So keep in mind, it, it will, uh, it's, a, it's a working copy. It's something that will develop over time. And if you do the exercise at first and it's not very good, you know, don't get discouraged because it's going to improve in the future. Okay. All right, number four. So number four is compensation plans. So I, I like taking a look at the compensation because really it, it, that drives the behavior of salespeople. And um, I want to make sure that the sales reps clearly understand how they get commissions. And frequently in our industry, I'll see some super complex comp plan that the sales reps don't understand. And it takes two months to pull all these reports and all these different things have to come together and the perfect storm has to happen in order for them to get $100. And to me, that's ridiculous. It should be really simple. It should be motivating. And the commission plans or bonus plans, they're not going to create the desired behavior unless the sales rep understands what it is, right? Right. So it needs to be clear and, and should be pretty simple. And it should be simple not just for the sales rep, but for the person running the report as well. You know, we should be using our tools and keeping track of it. And do you, do you believe fundamentally that the sales compensation plan should be based on gross revenue or on gross profit? Yeah, for sure. For sure on paid invoices. Number one, you got to get the money before you pay them. Right. I see people make that mistake a lot. And then also on gross profit. Uh, so <clears throat> you, you should have a, good uh, systems in place and processes to be able to monitor and measure your gross profit on each transaction. So uh, that that's what I think is most important. And then you can reward good behavior by adding additional incentives or accelerators on key things like, uh, you know, long-term uh, recurring contracts. Right. Cool. Um, and do you think that most people uh, have trouble because they are, are trying to give the, uh, I guess, give the salespeople too much at the beginning. And, and so they, they end up creating a plan that, that doesn't work a year down the road with a successful salesperson. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, we've, we've seen that very often where, especially around the monthly recurring revenue is what I think you're hinting at where they'll, they'll reward them uh, a lot on that, that front end and then keep them connected and to uh, paying recurring commissions on recurring revenue. Um, the, typically, I'll see that with the really big companies that, that, are, that are out there. They'll, they'll pay on gross profit like that and they'll monitor and measure that. But what I have seen, to your point, is you could have a really good salesperson, they close 10 big recurring contracts, and then you walk into their office, you know, at month two, and they have their feet up on their desk. And right. they're out there pounding on doors, getting 10 more, because uh, they've already got their commissions teed up. So you got to prevent that from happening. Right. So it's funny. So I know that, you know, Daniel Pink uh, and uh, uh, Drive. Yep. He talks about how when people get to a certain point, they're not motivated by money anymore. I think salespeople might be the exception to that. You know, there's something about the sales personality that uh, more money continues to motivate them. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so. Uh, and you want, and you want, you know, the, the another red flag is when somebody comes in and, and, you know, money's tight for all businesses, but when they hire a good salesperson and the salesperson wants a really huge salary and a low commission plan, that, that to me is a big red flag. You know, I, I like rewarding on performance, you know, performance-based comp plan where you have a small salary or draw against a high commission rate. So you want to pay for the results that they bring in, right? Right. All right, number five. Number five is uh, it's really a, an over-reliance on the salesperson to get their own leads. So there's a mindset out there with a lot of, you know, it happened to me when I first hired or when I first started in the industry many moons ago, you know, hey, welcome to the team, James. Here's the yellow pages and I want you to call everybody and just go make some sales happen. And uh, what I see that the, the magic in today's complex world with cybersecurity and all the recurring contracts like managed services and, and hosting of cloud, you, you need to have sales efforts, but also marketing efforts. So you need to have some type of marketing campaigns going from corporate marketing. And if you're a small company and you just have a, a couple people, you can still run campaigns like send out a monthly email newsletter, maybe do a quarterly webinar. You could do some basic things to try to uh, stay top of mind to your customers and prospects. Uh, but you need to try to help generate leads for the salespeople so you're not just relying on them. Does that make sense? So, so you need to fill your salesperson's lead funnel. Uh, I wouldn't say fill. I would say you need to help assist in filling their lead funnel by you doing corporate marketing. Um, and, you know, in, in most instances, you've got your salespeople, they're going to be dialing for dollars. They're going to be out there pounding on doors. They should be doing buddy calls with your strategic uh, vendor partners, you know, like the Microsoft rep or the Dell rep or, or you know, HP, for example. Um, you know, they'll be doing those type of things and going to networking events. But corporate marketing, you should be doing things as well, trying to warm up some prospects and creating leads. Uh, maybe you get a list of 10 leads from WatchGuard, for example, and you can assign those leads to your salespeople. That, that's what I'm talking about. You need to have some campaigns going. Right. And sales and marketing really need to work together, not just um, not just rely on salespeople. That's my point. Right. Well, and too often I think people, I've done this, 
to be honest, you know, hire a salesperson and then say, okay, spend a month generating your leads. And then, okay, that's a month that they didn't do sales. <laughs> right, right. So then, then you have to adjust your targets that we talked about beforehand. So, okay, we got, the, we got the targets and the goals and the KPIs, and now I moved all that forward a month, right? And so I'm paying you this ridiculous salary to not sell anything. <laughs> right. In, in marketing, I'm, I'm talking about just simple, simple campaigns. Once you kind of get the strategy in place and you kind of tee up some uh, simple marketing campaigns, it could be email blasts, it could be direct mail, uh, you know, it could be, you know, the, the once a month, you know, email uh, newsletter, it could be a printed newsletter or some type of security alert that comes out from Microsoft. That should be corporate marketing and that should be done really to all your customers and prospects as well. Um, and once you get those things going, it, it kind of gets kind of automated. It, it's really it shouldn't take up too much time. And you bring up a really interesting point. You want to be careful not to involve your salespeople with the marketing campaigns too much. Just let them be aware of what's happening and that's icing on the cake. That's a benefit for them. Uh, but don't let them sit in the meetings and get too absorbed. I've seen too many good salespeople get bogged down trying to get involved and help with marketing campaigns. You don't want to do that. Right. All right. Number six. Um, number six is really uh, making sure that you're training and mentoring and growing their knowledge. Again, a very common mistake. A lot of people hire salespeople and then, you know, they'll, they'll write commission checks when they do well or browbeat them when they're not doing well. But rarely do they really invest in the salesperson to develop that talent. And I'm talking not only with like product training from the manufacturers, there's really, really good sales certification training with the major manufacturers. If you're a certified partner with many of these companies, it's free. So why not make that a quarterly requirement as uh, one of the key things they need to go through some type of strategic partner online training, okay? And then also some type of professional or solution-based selling, you know, from either business coaches out there or communities. There's a lot of great uh, third-party or external training that's available. And it's one of the things that, that I do uh, to help develop that talent to increase their ability to better qualify an opportunity or uh, enhance their negotiating skills or right. learn how to control that sales process so they get through and can navigate through the sales process faster. Uh, those, again, are often a neglected uh, thing that business owners you know, typically do. And you need to invest in your team so they get better and make you more money. Right. So when I talk to people like you about, you know, oh, this sales issue or whatever, you have this um, encyclopedia of approaches in your head that I don't, right? So you're like, oh, you should try this close, that close, and have you done this technique and that technique? And I'm like, how, I mean, do you just have to be a sales pro to know all that stuff? I mean, it, it seems to me there's way too much for me to learn as an owner. You know what I mean? But it's like, uh, my brain's already full with other stuff. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's an interesting point. You know, I've, I've been through the school of hard knocks. I've been in sales pretty much my entire adult life. And, uh, you know, I pride myself. I feel like I've, I've seen almost everything <laughs> that could happen either directly with me selling or teams that I've managed or through uh, customers uh, that, that I'll work with and manage. So, yeah, you're right. A lot of those things just kind of come to mind. But 
you know, I, I remember my dad told me something a long time ago, um, you know, a, a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And, you know, those, that really stuck with me. So these tips and tricks in the industry and things like following a process, there, those are a lot of things inside the trainings that I'll conduct and I'll work with salespeople or, or sales management or even business owners to make them better salespeople. You know, the, the one common thing I see, there's a lot of people that just truthfully struggle with the qualification of, you know, qualifying opportunities properly. Uh, and then more specifically at the tail end, they, they don't have the confidence for some reason or they don't know how to ask for the order. There's a lot of like trial closes, for example, that will teach you. Um, and if you follow the process right, the deal should just close. And, uh, but a lot of people are afraid to, to just ask. And, uh, you know, those are, those are some tips and tricks that will help train people and, and so they can improve on that. Right. All right. Number seven. So number seven is really communication. So salespeople need lots of attention, okay? And you can't just hire them and then kind of let them go do their own thing. You need to do really two things. You need to set up some type of routine for regular weekly meetings where you get together as a group and you go through the forecast. Um, and uh, I actually have, have done and still do some virtual sales management for clients and I'll help show the business owner or the sales managers how to run sales meetings effectively, how to go through the forecast, you know, without spending six hours in a meeting, you know, you, you need to get through this very quickly. So uh, I'll help put together uh, formats and agendas of that, but you want regular weekly meetings and you also want quarterly business reviews with each one of the sales reps. And that's really, um, you know, everybody thinks of the annual performance review, right? Oh, great. You know, there, I don't want to do an annual performance review because all the employees going to do is just expect a raise and then get mad at me if I don't give them enough money. <laughs> Health people are different, right? right. I remember one guy came in my office and he goes, damn it, James, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars. I feel I'm dramatically underpaid and you need to do something about it right now. And I said, Hey, hang on a second. And I grabbed my calculator. And I go, how much do you want to make? One hundred thousand. Oh, you just need to do four hundred thousand dollars in gross profit, and there you go. <laughs> so salespeople are are easy. It's just you're just trying to get them to make more commissions. It's not really about uh, annual pay increases. It's more about how to make them a better sales professional. And don't wait till the end of the year. Do it every quarter. You know, give them the numbers. You know, here's your goal. Here's what you actually did, and you either did great or you didn't do so great. And let's analyze why, and let's do more of that. You know, let's focus on on improving. You know, like one of the earlier ones I commented on was training. You know, I would always make sure that you talk about how how you're going to make them better. Um, so communication is really really critical. All right, all right. We got we got a few minutes left, so you got to go through the last ones eight. Really quick, number eight was uh, the right tools. So you need to have a good CRM program in place to, to measure and keep track of all of your marketing, but also a good quoting tool and sales pipeline tool. So uh, that could be multiple tools all talking together, or hopefully it's one good tool uh, that you use in your business. Uh, number nine was you've got to have the team staffed properly. 
for a small business, you could have your first salesperson really needs to be a hybrid salesperson. That's kind of a combination inside outside. But what's happening is you grow in the bigger companies that are out there. They'll have inside salespeople, they'll have outside salespeople, and they'll have sales engineers. And then typically when there's more than five salespeople, you also have a sales manager. So that you, you've got to have the team staff properly. Uh, and that's just sales, that's not marketing. So that's another important thing. And then the 10th and final is a documented sales process. And it sounds painful and ugly, but that should be the final chapter in your sales plan. A lot of salespeople don't understand what their five-step or six-step or seven-step sales process is of you know, uh, walking through each one of the steps. And you can easily implement that in your, uh, in your prospecting tool, like a PSA tool as well. Right. So I love, as you know, I love processes. And I like to remind people, you can control processes. You can't control people. You can't control clients. You can't control employees. You can't control salespeople. But you can control your process. And uh, it's, uh, sales is always my favorite example of that because the clients' prospects, they want to say, oh, how much is this going to cost? And you're like, wait, wait, wait. We haven't even defined what we can do for you, what you want us to do, what the project is going to be, you know. So let's go through defining those things and then we can talk about money. And they always want to shortcut that and, they, and it's a perfect example. If you let them shortcut that, you will lose that sale. Right. If you follow your process, you might make a sale. But if you don't follow your process, you probably won't make a sale. Mm -hmm. So. Well said. I agree with you 100%. So, Question, uh, I know this isn't about marketing, but we've talked about marketing. Do you think that people, uh, MSPs, should have somebody who's dedicated full-time to marketing, to, to working with vendors on this program and that program and making sure that we have these leads and, you know, all of that? Well, uh, if you can afford it, absolutely. Uh, when the, the quick story, when, when, I, when I was at Networks Plus, I bought the company and had three people. I was the fourth employee. The next person that I hired, the fifth person was really a marketing manager who worked very closely with me, helped, was an inside sales support person, but also helped implement all the marketing campaigns that, uh, and project manage those things. So uh, if you can't afford a full-time person, consider a part-time person or consider, it's a great internship opportunity at your local college or university. Wow. You can bring an intern in, uh, uh, granted, they're just part-time, and you're only going to have them upwards of 120 hours for that semester. But, uh, you know, it could be a non-paid or a very low-paid uh, person. And uh, I've had some really good interns that have come through our company and, and companies that I've worked with. Well, I remember one time when my business was probably 10 people, uh, looking at all the programs and saying, holy smokes, you know, all this stuff from Microsoft takes management. But there's money available to do sales, to do events, but somebody's got to fill out all the forms and you know do, do all this stuff. And then there's uh, marketing dollars from WatchGuard, and there's marketing dollars from HP, and you know materials and all that. And I thought, man, maybe I do need a full time person. I never did hire a full time marketing person until I had like twelve people. Um, but uh, you know, I probably could have done it sooner because it was certainly work. I just wasn't sure that it was going to bring in enough money. 
Yeah, and you bring up another really, really important point. Um, There's so many programs, just Microsoft is probably the biggest glaring example. They got so many programs, you could hire a full-time person just to study those and they'll never get through it all, right? Uh, but they've got great, great uh, incentive programs for the, the partners. I mean, Hula Packard, Cisco, there's all these channel friendly, there's 1700 that, you know, Ingram Micro and Tech Data, uh, Cinex, those companies have. Uh, most of them are very, very channel friendly. If you just select three to five for you to work with uh, and you partner with them on your marketing and your sales messaging, uh, they'll actually give you money. It's one of the key things I work with inside of our communities to encourage them, select those strategic partners and work closely with their manufacturer partners to drive more business, to get more referrals. They get sponsorship dollars for their um, uh, marketing campaigns and will help augment uh, the, the whole business development plan. Right. So yeah, it's actually a, a, another area of revenue almost to get these other companies to help pay for your marketing and sales efforts. Exactly, and it's they're real dollars, and and I've I've seen some people make money uh, really as a profit center in their marketing if they're doing big time events and they're driving the sales and communicating properly. Um, you know, you should just think of how crazy it would be, Carl, if if you as a small business owner or doing so much revenue that you've got these strategic partners knocking on your door, wanting to give you leads, wanting to give you uh, right. sponsorship dollars. And that's what it could be like if you're good at marketing. Um, that That's really what the ultimate goal is. Very cool. So you're going to send me links so we can put them down below. And uh, in case people want to go to your marketing millionaire mastermind yes. uh, or sales millionaire mastermind, in Orlando, uh, but also just to get in touch with you. So very cool. Uh, anything else you want to add? Because we're basically out of time. Yeah. Well, Carl, thanks uh, for having me uh, on again. It's great to be with you. It's always good to catch up with you. And I'll send you those links over. And and uh, if anybody has any questions or, or comments on what I had shared, I'd love to hear from you. So give me a call. Visit on the kernanconsulting.com website or give me a call 888 827-COACH. All right. Well, thank you, Coach. It's always great to have you, and uh, we will have you again sometime. All right. You got it. Thanks, Carl.